0: This is Black Aziz Anansi, and you are listening to You Know Why. Today, we're going to be talking about my favorite subject, and that's cultural appropriation. And when I say favorite subject, that means it fucking drives me crazy. And I'm pretty sure you already know, if you've been reading my tweets or listening to my past podcasts, Mm -hmm. that I have a lot of strong feelings towards cultural appropriation. But today, I'm going to be joined by Key and by Adrian. How are you guys doing today?
1: I'm fine. Now. How are you? <laughs>
0: I am this spiffy. All right. All right. First question How do you feel about cult- cultural appropriation? Or how do you define cultural appropriation? Excuse me.
2: Well, um, for me, it's just, you know, just the attitude of, you know, I'm white. I'm going to take this cultural practice that's been around for centuries and I'm just going to bastardize it. But instead of it being bastardized it's it's just going to be better because I'm doing it and no one can tell me anything because <sighs> the Vikings had dreadlocks because
0: I'm so. white damn it it's my <laughs> right, right because
2: I'm white and the Irish they wear fairy locks and the Vikings
0: <laughs> wash your fucking had... hair
2: so don't tell me anything because I'm making it better <laughs>
0: I mean, I'm helping. That's basically what it is. Yeah, I'm helping. It's the
1: arrogance of thinking that you can do someone's do someone's participate in create someone's culture better than they can. You know, it's it's an ego right. trip. And um, it's, and really yeah, it's 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 interesting to sit back and look at how it has evolved and how people are calling it out due to social media. Um but <laughs> it's also funny and ridiculous at the same time. So it's it's mm-hmm. it you all you can do is laugh at this point and let them know how ridiculous they're Cause like. it keeps getting
0: it, it keeps it just keeps or, getting absurd, worse doesn't it?
1: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, has anybody seen like these five hundred dollar durags? Like who's buying these? No. <laughs> what they, I got, is it, no. Is it Gucci? Like I don't even I don't even think so, no. It's just like like they're not five hundred dollars, but it looked like fifty dollars twenty dollars uh-huh. and
1: I mean are they actually
0: are they actually the so I, I don't know is- all I know is I'm not paying fifty fucking dollars, for
1: <laughs> but I think the Shade room posted <laughs> uh, uh uh did a post about a designer, I don't know who who was making Durax and charging like fifty to a hundred dollars for them. And then they were also
2: oh, I showing
1: a designer who were selling those, you know, those beauty supply shoes that you got back in the day. That I saw. Yeah, the ones that Avon used yeah. to
2: sell. You could get yeah. them for like five. Uh, be five. <laughs> yeah, you get them like five for twenty, and they like in yeah. a pack. Like some of them, you have a pack of five of them for twenty dollars with the little um, little rhinestones yeah. on them. I, that I did. And they were charging like labutin prices yeah. for them. I was like, this has got to be capped." Like yeah, <laughs> That's all
0: I've got to say. Caucasity. It's caucasity. It's- I was like, no, nope. it's
2: just it's just amazing what you know, like how that turns into high fashion. <laughs> but also
1: even in the sense of I was also reading articles um about um up in New York where people are known to like go to the, the corner store or what what's the other word you guys uh,
2: use
1: bodega. Bodega. Do so you go up there and get a sandwich and how they were talking about how the sandwiches are very cheap and then if you go to certain um neighborhoods that are gentrified, you have store restaurants that are now trying to sell those same sandwiches.
2: Yeah, that's in the city. I've I live I live like what most people we call it downstate, but I live, like, I guess, in the woods or the country or whatever, oh, of part of New York State. And no, I, I think I call it like, chopped cheese sandwiches, and people usually just go. It's a quick bite. It's usually, like, maybe three or four bucks to get. But, yeah, you're right. They're putting it on, like, menus and stuff. I feel the same way about oxtails. Honestly, I used to go to a store here, and I would go for my grandmother, and she would want oxtails. She would maybe give me $5. And the guy would give me three dollars and change back and I would just have a bag. Did you of hear them. And now all Sorry, of a go sudden ahead. Yeah, now all of a sudden they want your firstborn for some oxtails. So I'm just like right,
0: so I don't like this. It's did like, y'all hear that they tried to justify corner stores in like New York City? I've seen so, like, that. They literally um, like some two with- dudes literally built like what's basically a snack machine, but made it look like I guess They're trying to make it replace corner stores, but it's literally a snack machine, and they're trying to make that the new startup.
2: Right, because they can just go in and, you know, there's no cats and all this other stuff, and it's just like if you're in New York City, like with a restaurant or bodega, like that cat. The the reason why the health department probably looks the other way, it's like pest control. Like the pest, like the cat is helping you out. And then and then I don't know if that's going to work because people still like the interaction. They want to talk to the store owner. They want to talk to the cashier. Yeah. They want to talk to the kitty. Like, I don't know no, how I mean, that's
0: that, going to work. I mean, that's all the difference, guys. though, because, like, like black people and other people of color, we're used to having communities. Like, the corner store is the community, though. That's the thing. But when these other people move mm-hmm. in, I guess they're not really used to that kind of community or whatever. So it's just sort of, mm-hmm. I guess, off-putting to them when they walk into the store and they see a cat, and like they can't get their vegan shit or whatever they eat. So
1: I mean, yeah. I was, you know, reading uh, also an article in about this section in Oakland um, where they were talking about how they these kids would pretty much go to the tennis court or basketball court every. And that's mm-hmm. the big day of the week, and it was known. It was tradition in the community. And one day, the kids go there, and it was a lot of white people, tech people, who had taken over the basketball and tennis court. And they were in, confused as to why they were doing that. And they were telling them, "Well, we got permission through the recreational center website <laughs> to start, to reserve oh this court." And it's like for for. Many years, decades. That was not the routine. That was it was a community-minded, community-based self-organization that they did without the help of corporate or the government yeah. to come in and control how they flowed and to have that sort of change with the uh, type of people that moved in. That was. Stuff like that is pretty interesting. I mean, yeah, it's like,
0: if you want to go to the park, you just go and play to the park. You don't go to a fucking website to sign up to play (laughs) basketball.
2: And that is so, and that is so not, and I'm going to put, well, I do like community social work. That's what I'm in, you know, that's what I'm into. Um, That is such a, that is such a way to put, like, a damper on a community being, like, cohesive and having neighborly neighbors Because if I live next to you and you're the reason why my child can't play like a pickup basketball game or I've got to schedule, you know, I've got to schedule his playtime. He can't go. I can't just send him out the house to go play soccer. I got to go online and pick a time because you and your rich friends want to make it, you know, what they want to call organized when that's not that's not the point of like community spaces. You know, it's one thing. Garden. If you're at a country club or something like that. But this, that, that is not, th- you know, this is not that. It is such yeah. a, it's a problem.
0: And I think that's another difference between like our community and a lot of these other communities that are trying to bogart their way in. Like our communities have traditionally been working class. We've always needed each other to survive. Like if I had to work, we could ask a neighbor to babysit. Or if somebody, I guess, like needed, say, to get an iou for like from the corner the store they can do that like everybody work with everybody else to survive but these people like aren't used to that because they've always had the luxury of just you know being able to get by because the system basically and enfranch- franchises them so i mean they're not having to like cut corners to get by they basically got it made already yeah. so when they see people having to i guess like rely on each other to get by, but it's not going by cultural norms, like having to, like, basically book time at the park instead of actually going down there to play at the park. Mm-hmm. That's just something that they're not used yeah. to. They're, they're just going to want to change it because that's something that they just won't like off the bat because they won't understand it.
2: I don't understand how um, that makes a community better. And I think with just Black people in general and people, you know, of color, generally, I know from the time that I was small, you know, you were taught to leave the place better than what you found it, if at all possible. I don't know how coming into a well-established community where people have like social networks, you come in and you're breaking, you breaking that up. I don't understand how that is making the situation better. I don't understand how your presence and your organized way of thinking is helping at all you know they're the outsider they they haven't been there so i don't i don't know what go. i have no idea
0: um i, I think it actually goes back to what dr king said when he said you know America's a society that always values property over people things over people and i think mm-hmm. that's the kind of mindset that, that yeah. these people bring in because they're, they're like the things that they value are the nice shit like oh we're gonna upgrade the park we're gonna build this new whole foods mm-hmm. we're gonna do this, do that, but they don't value the people who are already there, like the lots who are already there, but and it's just disposable to them because it doesn't benefit them.
1: Yeah, I mean they do these things while at the same time coming into these areas, coming into these neighborhoods because of the culture, but they yes. feel is it, they want to use right. the people in the community as dressing, um, you know, and they want to at the same time try to push them out, or they yeah. don't. They want it mm-hmm. to be a specific way, but at the same time, oh, it's cool tip. I live here. I live in, you know. Now they're enroaching in Bankhead. I was reading yeah. an article about that, and it's like, oh my god. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, if you, oh my goodness, you should. Um, he. I'm not sure where you're from, but um, I live in fabulous Buffalo, New York. Oh gosh. And listen that it's i grew up like where they're doing all of this um not the harbor but where they're doing the medical like i grew that is where i grew up i grew up over there um on Ellicott and edna streets and by maston park where they're doing by city on like where they're doing all this stuff and you should see the what ended up happening is we have this historic neighborhood called like the fruit
0: yeah. Town.
2: and listen people are so angry the folks the white folks are so angry that the community got together and they thought that they were just going to roll over this neighborhood. They now have like, they actually were able to get like a community benefits agreement going. Like they were so mm-hmm. mad that they just kept going. It took years. I want to say it's taken almost like seven or eight years to get where they've gotten, yeah. but they were like, but to your point, they came into the community because as dressing, because they liked the culture but then when they got that pushback, I'm telling you, it was it was a sight to see. Um, and, and then, it was real. It's really. And fun. I
1: think the same thing is <laughs> happening in uh, certain parts of Atlanta, um, where they were trying to attempt mm-hmm. it. I think some areas in Peoples Town, where they were trying to attempt the same thing. But you have a lot of people in the community that have been fighting back against that. Um, so that's gonna be really yeah. interesting. But in the the Context of like appropriation, I get. I guess you could say gentrification fits under that umbrella. of Yeah, because it it's the same
2: kind of attitude of I'm gonna I'm gonna make this better because I'm oh, here no. and and they yeah. just don't.
0: You gotta realize when they come in, a lot of these times, see people. It's they want street cred. That's the thing, and this is so fucking annoying. Like, did you guys hear about that one mm. restaurant? I think it was in Brooklyn. Like they like got. Mad, mad protests from the community because they like designed the restaurant to have like bullet holes in the window and stuff like that. So they were basically yeah, oh, they were or, trying to <laughs> and make money off of the literally the bodies of black people by making it look like their restaurant was like the scene of a drive-by shooting. Like,
2: how do you appropriate something like, like horrible
0: deaths. in a like
1: <laughs> <or> <laughs>
0: appropriating black death to make money?
1: Or awesome social media wonders right. like Thug Kitchen, <laughs> that everybody was right. in Thug Kitchen, and so I was. I'm not into gonna it. lie, I was. Into I it. was into it too, and then I started. Pick, something just gnawed at me. I was like, "They're the way that they're talking is weird," and I don't think. There's <laughs> people that are running this, and sure enough, a couple of years later, they finally came out, with a book and people found out that they're white. And from Seattle or some shit. Uh, <laughs> you know what that explains?
2: Because you, I'm like, like I'm into cooking. Like I love to cook. Like I will sit and watch PBS cooking shows all day, Food Network. I wondered why they never. Because if you're so popular and you go viral like that, like where is your face? So instead of the language, for me, it was just like, where, where are these people? Because
0: yes, so even,
1: even they realized how problematic their whole thing was. Because if you didn't think it was problematic, you shouldn't have had any issue coming out in the beginning to let people know what it was.
2: Yeah, who you are. Because usually as, you know, as it goes with like the cooking shows and lifestyle and stuff, usually a part of that selling that show or whatever it is you're doing, especially when they have that kind of stuff, a part of the selling the stuff is you see the person because you can identify that makes a lot of sense. It was something weird to me because you would I would never see them. That's what was kind of It started.
1: Because I was reading what they were saying and I was like, this seems like they're trying they, they probably like too hard. hard. <laughs> I think it's a couple. I think it's a couple.
0: Uh-huh. I was Caucasian. Oh, wow. mm-hmm.
1: I just looked them up. Yeah, it's a, oh, it's a couple. Uh, Matt. Matt and Michelle. Matt
0: From and Hapa. Michelle.
1: Wow.
2: <laughs> the kitchen. <laughs> <him. a second. laughs>
0: really, Matt and Michelle.
1: Matt, Matt and Michelle. That's yeah. oh. Matt and Michelle. Wow. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's stuff like <laughs> that that is, is pretty much very annoying. But then also at the same time, if it were. Black people who were behind this, would they have been so quick to get the social media, fo- I mean, probably the social media, fo- right. but would they have been able to get the book deal that this couple
0: got? No. I
1: mean, you know, It definitely becomes problematic when you have people appropriating um, other cultures, but then at the same time, they profit off of these cultures. Uh, out- off of the- get get yeah. Meanwhile, the people who are actually authentic to the culture get nothing. Oh, no. <laughs> with right. The 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 scraps they get left with nothing they have it's another thing that I think people fail to realize why um, people of color get very pissed off about cultural appropriation it's because how much more can you take from someone yeah. especially when yeah. it comes to black um, black people in America where we were came over here by force were stolen from. Right. Stolen from our co- our continent
0: wow did okay our call dropped. Adrian, but i'll i'll see if i can invite her back but uh all right go ahead keep going
1: but, yeah like our oh, there, there she is she, hi um Hello, but like it, it's very pa- painful i guess the word it's an annoying thing for us when we ha- have already had instances where our heritage, our culture, our names, our he- our being was stripped from us and taken from us. And we came here, developed our own, uh, our survivors, and have yeah. our own state, have our own community. And then you have, once again, white people, who have a tendency to do this more than most, <laughs> come in oh, and take And come in and once again take something that isn't theirs and they profit off of it. That is essentially what you know we're upset about. Um, But I don't think people are are understanding it. They're looking at it. Well, you're just pissed off about something as ridiculous as braids or something as ridiculous as a um, your a headscarf. You're it's trivial, but not realizing that it's much much deeper than what they're making it out to be.
2: Definitely. Yeah, it's not trivial, like, it's not trivial, especially when it comes to art. you know, our haircut probably, you know, honestly, it could probably be its own separate podcast or dissertation for someone who's doing, you know, either anything in political science or African American studies, like it really could apply to really anything sociology, just a black woman's hair, like natural mm-hmm. hair, that alone. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it has like us wearing scars has consequences. Um, Us wearing our hair in any natural state, not just locks, not just any natural state has real life, you know, consequences. So to your point, it's not trivial because it matters in real time and it affects our lives in a real way where when it's, you know, a white girl wearing braids, it's cute, you know, they get praise and stuff like that. But on the opposite side is, you know, if a woman is in a, you know, particular, you know, career and she decides to make that career choice for the summer, you know, to get braids or whatever because she doesn't feel like being bothered, all of a sudden it's a meeting in a conference room. Yeah. It's, are you mad today? It's, oh, why did you do that?
0: It's it's, like constantly when we do create something, we're degraded for it. We're told that we're backwards. Yeah. We're basically savages, we're uncivilized and that it's not real art. And we are always degraded until white people find a way to profit off of it. And when they profit off of Mm it, then all of a sudden it's innovation, it's and it's culture. Like you can look at jazz. Jazz was seen as just like basically drunken black people music when it first came out.
2: Oh yeah, and it was illegal in some places. Like, Like Hitler that's what a juke joint was. Like it was hidden because they could, and they had, and sometimes they were out down on the river on the water because but they had to be. Like, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. It's I don't know. It's it it it's something that has been going back generations. Um, mm-hmm. when it I
0: mean, really- did y'all know that we actually had a big hand in inventing the way square dancing is done?
1: Of course. Listen, I yeah, I thought- saw that. I. I Black people who believe we had a hand in every fucking thing. Like, I'm, not, I'm the the meme where they're like, you know, we came up with that years ago. So I'm not shocked yeah. anymore. I'm not shocked when, you know, we go back and trace something and it has African roots. It's not surprising.
2: You know what I'm waiting on though, guys? I'm wait I'm waiting. I'm waiting on NASCAR. <laughs> I'm waiting. That's that. what I'm. We waiting We take on. over NASCAR. We already take. No, I'm waiting for them. I'm waiting for them to go into history and find where we, where we start. Like I'm waiting for that because I want people to lose their mind when they find out our contribute. I'm waiting. I'm just.
1: I can't wait. I'll wait for that and for us to take over NASCAR. We're already a parent. We're taking over yeah. winter sports. We have
2: two.
0: Yeah, weeks I'm already
1: <laughs> oh
2: like, yeah the,
0: we have one already you know, either, either in the 30s or 50s I can't remember but basically they were mm-hmm. they basically did everything they could to basically just like downplay this dude's win or whatever and he basically died in <sighs> obscurity oh, really? but yeah we had a NASCAR champ they just like basically did in order he, you
1: know? prior do a docu uh, not a drama, but he did like a, a film about one of them it was based off his life or something.
0: I, I recall, recall a film kind of like that, but I'm not sure what it was about exactly.
1: Yeah, I think Richard probably touched on that. I mean, we've had our our roles in these sports, but I'm just waiting on, like, full domination, because, you know... I
0: want the NASCAR you know, track.
1: Yeah, once we get the hang or something, you know. It's, no, it's I want going. a NASCAR track with a gold <laughs> and, a, and
0: a gold necklace. It's,
1: it's going down. It's going down. But our... our we're going to, like, touch on Justin.
0: <laughs> Let's talk about baby Justin.
1: <laughs>
0: Fucking Justin. Ugh. Like, he literally uh, appropriated from the dead. How do you do that? You
1: know what
2: is funny? And I don't original in this comment but with Justin I I do recall people just being like you know Michael Jackson is not a genre you know just (laughs) because like I just I just feel like there was I watched I did watch the halftime show and I just felt like with him it's just like I don't know where where he was going like he wanted to like move and the Duck Dynasty vest, like, I didn't know if they were going hunting what? for deer, like, I didn't know what was happening, yeah. like, I just I was just so lost and it was so mediocre like, it wasn't, okay. when I think Super Bowl halftime, I think, like you're pulling out all the you stops and it just
1: wasn't
2: but his whole career you know, of him kind, you know, of him pretty much taken you know black music and stuff like that and now with this man of the woods situation sure. like, I, like what are you doing because even with
1: bluegrass
2: and country like black people are all over that like particularly but
1: here's the thing like I was reading this article from on NPR and they were discussing at this moment she was making a good point she was like I heard some of the clips of, from the album and she was saying that it, his album sounds like he has no direction he doesn't know what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. The promos for the album looked like it was about to be a folk country <laughs> album. And, and then it turns out it wasn't. Like, it, was, it, it threw people for a loop. And then also, I feel like mm-hmm. if he would have probably gone in that direction, and been like, okay, I am from Tennessee, and I want to get back to my roots. Okay, go ahead and get back to your roots. Like, do you. But, like, don't <laughs> – Don't like do that in an album that also has like 55 other genres in it. it, Yeah, I just was because
2: when the video came out, and uh, I don't know what he's doing, but he has a history of that.
0: This is what happens when you get married and have a kid, and I agree.
1: Oh, I don't know. See, (laughs) I'm married, see, I don't know. I don't know. know. The The woman. <laughs> I don't like
0: that to see, so that's not gonna happen to you.
1: That's an underhanded way of blaming a woman. So let's not. <laughs> it kind of. I don't know, cause mar- but, see, I'm married,
2: so it's weird. So I feel, I feel like kids, at least my like when I had my kid, like with each one, you were more. I I felt more focused, like in the direction <laughs> that I was. His
1: focus has been but on I think music. His focus has been on being an actor, being in Woody Allen films. And then at the same time supporting the Me Too movement, which is confusing. So he, he just, he hasn't, I don't think he knows what direction he wants his music to go in at this point. And I also feel in regards to him from the beginning of his career, you know, he has always spoken about how Mac- Michael Jackson was an influence on him. And I was going back looking at interviews from after the Super Bowl incident happened in 2004. <laughs> Between him and Janet, and Janet's whole thing was she just felt like he left her out to dry, which he did, and he even yeah. he even admitted that he wished he would have been more of a friend to her and stood up for her instead of doing the whole white man thing and disappearing, <laughs> and disappearing and and making sure the, the fault didn't lie with him in any way, shape, or form. And I feel that for him, he may find it confusing as to why people hate me right now or why people keep bringing up cultural appropriation when I've been in this industry for 30 some odd years or however long he's been in there but the thing is like the internet never
0: dies
1: (laughs) and people will break up from the dead and you may have to answer to things that you were able to slide on by with you know years ago people are going to hold you accountable at this point and we're going to want concrete real answers and responses from it and so until and also for me I'm gonna say this until Janet Jackson comes out and says she forgives him I am like skeptical of his whole thing
2: <laughs> yeah I thought it was like I thought the whole thing was horrible cause I you know I'm an old person, so I remember like when all of that happened and the way they talked about her. Like, because so to me, growing up in the '80s, Janet Jackson, like Paul Abdul, but mostly Janet Jackson. She's an icon, period. You know, she's royalty, Jackson family. The way she was treated, like, and I remember even in like the weeks and months afterward, they treated her like she was like you know, just you know, a leper. Like she shot really,
1: shot, murdered someone it was the she recorded really it. It, it, it was just like she was just totally
2: like outcast biblical days you know go out to the gate don't come in don't touch you know Janet Jackson and I thought it was just really kind of shitty just the way he handled
0: it. yeah definitely just Stephen Justin Timberlake would be as popular and successful as he as he is if he were black
1: How black are we talking? Are we talking? Like, <laughs> are we talking? Like, are we talking? Trey Song's black? Are we talking? I'll be short? Like what? Like here is it, that goes back into colorism. <laughs> skin tone. Darker skin tone. No, no, no. Because <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of someone. Who was as popular as Justin is, and who has who had dark skin or has dark skin? Like I can't.
0: They're all so that's the thing.
1: That's what I'm like Usher, Usher, you remember when, back in the day, Usher and Justin were like it was a thing. Like yeah. they were competing against each other. Yeah. And then I don't know what happened to Usher. Usher just disappeared. <laughs> um competition with them i feel like if usher would have kept that going maybe he would have been on justin's level but of course justin being white had a lot more privilege to and more access than usher did
0: like usher usher i think it's a lot different between usher and justin because justin had the backing of you know that manager guy whatever got in sync together and he was basically NSync was basically their great white hope. So I think that's basically what propelled Justin along for like the longest until he went out on his own. And then he was just But eat-
1: honestly, Usher was a solo artist way longer than Justin was. Usher has been in this music business, if I'm not mistaken, because I think Usher I don't I don't know if they're the same age or not, but he was in the music industry way longer than Justin was, because Justin started off on Mickey Mouse Club.
2: Yeah. So, right, I think
1: Usher was in,
2: was in longer. He, I think Usher when he was like twelve. Yeah,
1: so you would think like, okay, why isn't Usher getting? You know, okay. why-
0: I was actually listening to the um, Quincy Jones interview earlier, and he mentioned Tevin Campbell. Like Tevin Campbell should have been a lot more popular. Oh, for sure, sure. And Tevin Campbell is a hell of a lot better singer than Justin Timberlake.
1: Oh, so, absolutely.
0: There, uh, where Justin's got protection for the protection. to keep his money like in the bank, while basically t- like faded out or whatever because he didn't have that image that Justin had.
1: But you see that throughout all the entire music industry, even between black people, you have have a Like, could you imagine an Aretha Franklin and a Patti Labelle making it in this day and age?
0: Not at all. Not against Adele. I don't know.
1: I don't think so. Because the thing is, those women back then in the in in the sixties and seventies, it was the, people really didn't focus on this whole, you know, ma- making sure that they were. Well, there wasn't a look.
2: Yeah. There wasn't like a look. was yeah.
1: we need to make sure she's universal. We need to make sure she can, she can yeah. cross over. It was, can you fucking sing? Can right. you play? Put- yeah. <laughs> Can you play the piano? Can you read music? Can you do any of these yeah. things? And Aretha could sing her ass off, could write, could play the piano, could do so many of these things. So that alone propelled her to, to be the queen of soul and be legendary to this day. But would that type of person be able to last in the industry or even step foot in the industry today? No. So it, it so it it's it's yeah. even with us, it's a complexion for the
0: protection. It's a compl- yeah. you know. And yeah, I think like between now and the sixties, like even the sixties they did have the thing where they you know needed an image and all of that, but it wasn't as big as it is now because now they're catering to an international audience, so they wanna Yeah, have that perfect image for an international audience and that's not like a Ella Fitzgerald who's just like this, like no, black woman who could sing. It's basically like Taylor Swift or whatever. This pretty white girl who was so in, Korea, in-
1: or, it, or instead of them getting a light, even a light skinned black woman who sings amazingly well, to see if she crossed over. You know, fuck that. Let's just skip to the white girl who is inspired by Aretha Franklin and Whitney Houston, who who tries to sound like them. Who can get away with kind of like, oh, they- and just make her the new pop icon? And fuck the other people who've come after, her, who've come before her. So we're just gonna skip oh. stick it on a white girl and keep it moving.
2: Bingo. Yeah, that's what they have on the four. That girl Zavia, whatever her name is. I
1: haven't been watching that. Don't just,
2: just don't, <laughs> just don't, don't, just don't. I just, you know, I have a teenager, so we like to watch certain things together, and that was one of the things she wanted to see, and this child like she's basically our discussion I mean she's got the faux locks she tries her best she has that weird black scent thing going on she tries her best to sound like you know the thing about like to your point like you used to have to be able to sing yeah. um singing now is let me try to do my best Lauren Hill impression yes. you know because I would like you said I was inspired by you know uh, Aretha Franklin and Patti LaBelle, you know, Lena Horne. Let me try to sound like them. You know, in real life. Like, <laughs> like, it's just incredible. And they, and you know, the folks are just gassing her up. And it's just unbelievable. And she can, the girl cannot sing. I don't know. Like, if she were to be in my grammar school trying out for the fourth grade, like little elementary school choir, she would, she wouldn't be able to. There's no way. But, It's this look, it's these, you know, faux locks, this black scent thing that's trying to sound like, you know, this urban sound whenever she gets the mic. It's so it's horrible. It's so horrible and it's disingenuous and it makes it harder for people who are authentic, who are a part of the culture just to be and exist like her presence just makes it hard.
0: That's true true and I, that's kind of another thing i feel like we exist for the entertainment of white people until they get tired of us and then they'll just push us to the side so and especially like been like that since the beginning of america so it's like when they when they, when they get tired of seeing of seeing lauren hill then they are gonna want to see the white lauren hill and we're not gonna be any, any value to them anymore
1: but but even even with that um Way of thinking, I mean, you could also tie that to how when we i wouldn't say when we were segregated. But you know, when we have we have our own community, we have our own system. Yeah, and it's always a situation where it either gets burnt down, they come in and they kill us, or <laughs> they come, they break it up. So it, it's like you're, you're we're damned if we do, we damned if we don't. That's true. You know, we, we try yeah. to have our own thing, our own hub. Create our own community um, and, and whatnot, and even that gets destroyed. So it's like yeah. it really ties into like you were saying: we're there just to benefit them, right? yeah. <laughs> this, this white yeah. supremacist system. That's what we're here for. They don't; they're not into this whole. Okay, you guys can be separate if you just get out of our way. It's like no, you can be in our way, but you're gonna need to work for us. You're gonna, need, you're gonna need to do X, Y, and
0: Z for us. So, and going back to the whole segregation argument, that also brings up another point. Like, I mean, forever we've basically been segregated from white people, but we've seen like the rise of the internet and social media. So now they're getting like a bigger look into our culture than they've ever had before. And a lot of shit that they may have never seen, they're seeing on the internet and seeing online. They're trying to copy it. So I think that's probably where a lot of it is coming from too.
1: I mean, true, true, true.
0: Because, I mean, like, when we do the stuff that we normally do, it could seem, like, new and exotic to them, but now, like, as soon as we do some shit, bam, they see it, and they're trying to copy it right away.
1: words and phrases that are hella annoying, like, fleek. I stopped loving fleek. Or, I, I, Felicia, it's like, first of all, you don't even know where the fuck that comes from, you don't know who Felicia is, and you've never seen a Fel- <laughs> Felicia, so it's like, uh that is a very, very annoying thing, and I live out here in LA, so it can be very <laughs> taxing mentally when you have someone trying to, call her to think, okay, I'm going to be down with her, let me say call her girl <laughs> and talk about some shit I think that she'll like uh, some black shit. I think she'll relate to, or I don't know, some just weird thing where yeah. people choose not to be themselves, yeah. and it's like just be your fucking self. Why do you have to take from someone else? Just do your own fucking thing. Like,
2: do your own thing. Yeah, those Verizon, the Verizon commercials are <laughs> some of the uh, like <laughs> do you know like why people drop the mic? Like, do you do you know who Randy Watson is? It's just, it's just bad.
0: Like, did you hear that people have trying to, people shook and they've been using it wrong?
2: <laughs>
0: like, they don't even know how to use the word shook. Shook. I'm just like, I'm I'm shocked.
1: I'm, shocked. I'm not shocked. Um, I'm just like, I'm just, I laugh at it at this point. Because in this day and age, if we don't laugh at it, we're going to freaking kill ourselves. Because it's like, <laughs> So depressing and it's so like all this political stuff that's going on all of the the social stuff that's going on if we don't like laugh at how ridiculous and stupid they they look and sound it's like <laughs> you're yes. gonna be depressed you're gonna drive ourselves crazy so it's like you know what we can't really do anything but call them out honestly if you, you want to be real because I think quest love was even talking about when we when you have people up in arms about how hip hop is getting has been heavily appropriated, and he even said like, you know, we can't do anything about that. We can't.
2: We can't. because it's corporations it's in corporations it, and that's what the that's what the issue is.
1: Yeah, is. just like K-pop is so entwined with R&B,
2: but yeah,
1: yeah. To Korea they don't fuck with black people like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. So. It's like you, you can't really do anything but laugh at them. You you can laugh, at them.
2: especially when a lot of their rappers like I think they try to sound like Ja Rule for some reason. Like I know, well, not really I've really noticed that. It's like they got a Ja Rule D M X kind of situation going on with other. I'm like, <laughs> What is this? What is? This?
1: What is this? <laughs> <laughs> they're mediocre. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah,
2: <laughs> it's just real. It's just like shocking because you know when you think K-pop, like you, you don't think the dude's gonna come out trying to sound like where my dog's at. Like you just like, oh, okay,
1: <laughs> all right. Oh my gosh! <laughs> oh my <God>. All right, <laughs> uh, he's from the rock
0: soul. Apparently,
2: <laughs> now you kind of have to laugh and just, you know, I think for me the thing is, I think what makes it worse though about appropriation is like when you try to. You know as a person from that respective culture because they want to disrespect it when you try to you know teach a better way or the right way there's always pushback and it's just like oh you just really want to do what you want to do yeah. like you don't want to learn <laughs> that's how I knew and that's when I stopped because I used to you know try and it's like oh they don't want they just want to do what they you know what okay then the
0: black people, essentially.
1: pretty much
0: but I mean, yeah, I think that's why we need to become gatekeepers of our own culture. Like we're too willing to let people into our culture, and then
1: yeah, like, that's... And then invited
0: guest becomes like a tenant who won't want to leave eventually.
1: I mean, yeah, like essentially, we're good. We there are people in our community who are just willing to let any and all everybody person into the cookout. Into the market, they're willing to let them do that, but then you have a large amount of us who call people out, and sometimes yeah. you may have individuals say that we're being too sensitive and we're like not, or just like with the whole Rachel Dolezal thing, where you had some black who were oh, yes. trying to black women pissed off at her ass, but <laughs> that's a whole nother conversation. I hate her. Oh, I'm at you. It's a, you know what that her
2: her it like she's like two like conversations because. You know, it's just like, it was just m- the most bizarre thing I had ever heard. Like, I wasn't even necessarily angry. I was more like, this is some bizarre behavior. Like, I want to tinker in your brains. Like, what is going on with you, woman? Because even though she worked for the NAACP, there's been, you know, white folks who's- who've been the heads of NAACP chapters. Like, you didn't even have to go there. Like, you literally didn't. But does she- so, yeah, her
0: it was that was just weird have we figured out if she really believes she's black or if she's just like
1: she's fucking she's trolling like i (laughs) thought it was funny but then when it got to the point where she you people were digging up her history of lying for almost 10 years about where you know where she came from and it was intentional lies Mm -hmm. um so it was just like oh fuck that no this isn't cool And then it was frustrating for me, I feel, um, to be on my, like, you know, Facebook. I had to really take a break because to have, like, some black men literally think it was cool, (laughs) think it was funny, think black women, oh, y'all jealous because Rachel was getting it. All this, doing all of this stuff, not understanding where black women were coming from and why we were annoyed and also my mixed friends being very annoyed with this woman about how she was carrying on with her life. Oh, but yeah. it just, it was that was just very frustrating cuz like you know it goes back until you may have some black people who are down with just letting everybody up in the cookout who are willing to yeah. jive who are willing to um be in Paris Bernard or whatever his name is.
2: Oh. Yeah, <laughs> uh-huh. I think I think we as a community I think cuz a lot of times I think just because We are community-oriented, and just the way we are, that's where I think all of those, you know, all that graciousness for the cookout and stuff like that. But I think, like, in in this day and age, I think we need to be a little bit more protective of ourselves and just our stuff, (laughs) just period.
1: Why do we have to be gracious all the time? Why do we have to forgive all the time? It's annoying. Why do we have to forgive?
0: I I I, I need to close the cookout, just close. And
2: unfortunately, and unfortunately for a lot of people, like it, it needs to not be that it, it just because it's expected doesn't mean it should be granted. And we need to be more protective of ourselves, especially, you know, now with, with all this stuff going on, like they, you know, they don't deserve that graciousness to be honest, or that forgiveness. And a never, lot of, ways.
1: it's never been deserved. It's never been deserved yeah. because you, it, I was thinking about this today uh, or this week with Trayvon's birthday. Um, yeah. Where it was so annoying thinking back to how quick these news people were uh, quick to ask the parents do they forgive George Zimmerman? <laughs> or trying to fight with Know. Oh, do even with even um with the the church shooting, how quick these news reporter yeah. were asking the victims' families like it happened the same damn day, and you have the nerve to ask if they could forgive? What are their thoughts on the guy who murdered their family? And they were either going to be yeah. looked at as crazy for being pissed off at them or looked at being gra- looked at at being gracious because they want to you know they they'll say well, the Lord forgives them, and it's like, hold the fuck up. You want people to skip like four or five types of I mean, several. I mean, they want
2: you to skip all kinds of processes of grief, like all kinds of, like all kinds, forget the, forget that a significant trauma has happened in their life. Yes. Yeah. You're just going to jump right in there. And to me, coming so quickly to me is the form of just You know, re-traumatizing the person because it just happened and you're just going to ask them because, you know, I feel that those reporters asking that, like the people have got to think about the events that happened, how they felt in the moment all over again so what you know but it is just with us it seems like that's the first question like there's a whole process to get to there and if the person gets to that then fine if they don't that's also fine too but why is it so important for you to be asking me this right now that is
1: why we're so passionate about our shit it is it is annoying like no i want to be angry and pissed off and maybe i want to hate a motherfucker that doesn't make me yeah. less of a person than you are because I choose to be angry and upset that I was done wrong, that my family member was murdered, that my culture is being taken away from me, that I am i feel like you think that I'm less than. I have a right to be upset with that. And we, and Black people have yeah. every right to feel that way. And we shouldn't just brush it off yeah. and invite and. It- to a,
2: And if I choose not to forgive, that's fine, too, because there's, you know, people say a lot of things about that, but there's no evidence that you have to get there to move on. Mm -hmm. Like, I can be angry, pissed off, and be this way, and move on with my life still, hating you, being angry, and pissed off. Mm -hmm. Look at that. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. I can actually have a productive life and have all those Toward you. Never, never want to, never even think about forgiving what you've done to me, ever, and still move on through it. It's just, um, I don't know, I don't know why we are expected to do that, but I think people need to not, if they don't feel it, then they shouldn't, and it isn't deserved because the things that have been done to us just historically and even now, like, it isn't mm-hmm. deserved by any... By any They've literally been asking us for
0: forgiveness and slavery, like, that's been a... <laughs>
1: 'Cause I think honestly it's a fear that they have that oh shit, if they don't forgive us, then they're gonna fucking go they're gonna
0: Of course of
1: all uh, make turn on us. So it's like they they have this-
0: we have a peaceful protest is automatically a riot and they're like, Oh no, the fact that we're gonna burn everything down. No, we're just, right. just standing around with signs. Come on.
1: Yeah. But uh, remember, everything that we do is a, it's an extravagation. Like you know, we can be standing there silent, but we're yelling at them. Right. <laughs> I have so many work stories. <laughs> I can be looking. Maybe I don't feel like fucking smiling today at work. Maybe I'm having a bad day. I'm sorry, my. Like I'm, it's a cause of concern. You want to pull me aside and have a little mini meeting? Like what the fuck? I don't you're feel
0: like so there. There. sorry. Are you mad at me. <laughs> 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 oh. Oh, oh lord, if we, can't, we can't, we can't,
2: we can't. Yeah, I have that. That could probably be a whole separate. I could probably write a book about that. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, but with but yeah, that's the. Just, I can write a book about how what it's like out here where people are like ultra like. Thinking they're ultra liberal, but they're fucking not.
0: <laughs> oh, that's a whole.
1: Yeah, that's a it's like no. That's a- I've never been. You- I-, I had someone tell me that because they're white and they're they're white, they're male, they're in this business, um, and they're not from this country, they have four strikes against them.
0: What? <laughs> <And> it
1: was me. <laughs> Real <laughs> and it was me just literally sitting there like what? laughing in their face, like la- a good because awesome. <laughs>
2: that's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like,
1: are you shit? fucking? It was like, are you for real? He was, a, he was like, no, but can... like, you know, I had a friend who wants to get into this pro, you know, get on this uh in this particular writers room, but they have two diversity chairs. I'm like, you're tripping off. Of two diversity seats that, I
2: mean, maybe that's the new, maybe that's the new wave, though, like, appropriating oppression, maybe that's the new wave, because that's what I feel like, like, that's the new, you gotta re- that's the new wave, appropriating other people's oppression, I guess, because that's what it just seems like is the next step in this, you, you
0: know, Even the this
2: of- weird, weird world that we're living in, is I'm gonna appropriate, you know, oppression, like a yeah. white, like, Four strikes where like you're a white man in America, like get out of here. You gotta that. remember,
0: even the Fourteenth Amendment was appropriated because it was ori- originally started for the protection of like freed black people who were in slavery and black people in general. But then it went to white women, and then eventually like farmers and business. And now look at it now.
1: It everything, but us. Crazy.
0: Yep, that's America for you.
1: Not shocking.
0: Free your cultural negroes, but you gotta go. Bye.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh! But Man, is, is, I don't feel like it's gonna be fixed. I think ultimately it's gonna be us constantly being creators, doing our own thing, calling people out, and keeping it moving.
0: All right, I'm these the guys will ever. Do you guys think we'll ever actually have creative control over what we create one day?
1: Only if we stick to actually owning our stuff and keeping it owned by us and not owning it, then selling it to white corporations.
0: Yeah.
1: And then trying to say, oh, I'm still the CEO. So really, I have no, but you don't own it. <laughs> <If> I... <laughs>
0: it's not the culture anymore. It, like, it's everybody's. Like, you got no. rid of Uh, but um, all right. I'm about to wrap up now. But do you guys have any final thoughts?
1: I don't have any final thoughts. This is a good episode. We've touched on many a topic, just under the umbrella of appropriation.
2: So. Yeah, I don't know. I think I guess my my only final would be maybe that is because um, key has me thinking. Like I really think that might be the new thing to try to appropriate is like because it just. It just seems like it. But that's, you know, I don't know. I guess that's yet to be said. <laughs> even, if, to be
1: said. even if they're <laughs> appropriate, oppression is still going to be like, no, we have actual facts for you. You're tripping off of this one uh-huh. two, one, itty-bitty uh-huh. thing that you think is oppression that's lasted 0.2 seconds. And you're fucking about to jump yeah. off a bridge. So imagine 500 yeah. years <laughs> of actual fucking oppression.
0: My favorite one is the made-up Irish thing, Yeah. Like, it never happened. I mean, it happened in America. It was like literally like barely anybody went through it. And it ended, what, like 1700s, some, some shit like that. But yeah, tell me about the impression, opp- Mr. Irish dude.
1: Yeah, like, yeah, it, was that. it was like, you were able to come here and assimilate perfectly fine. <laughs> like, get out of here with that.
0: And the irony is like so many people cite the Irish trade, slave trade, but how many black people does because we have Irish surnames because we were owned by Irish people? Think about that.
1: Quite a bit. I think exactly. I was looking at my last name was Scottish. <laughs> so, wow. I'm like, okay,
2: Scottish. Yeah, man. Wow. <laughs> he, he has nothing
0: to worry <laughs> about. <laughs> owned my family and found out what time. They came from, so I'm going to get my reparations one day.
1: Oh my gosh, that I think that's another fear. That's a whole nother episode. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, you have you'll have topics of upon topics upon topics.
0: Yeah, maybe I should do a podcast on reparations. I think I will do that hopefully sometime. It would be fun. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I got anything else to say.
1: Now I think I think we've hit every
0: major <laughs> appropriation topic. So. All right, well, thanks for thanks for joining you guys. It was fun, and thanks to everybody who listened. Um, if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can follow my podcast page. It's you know why show. That's the handle. It's spelled Y O U K N O W S H O W, and subscribe to this podcast if you liked it, and please give me a rating on iTunes preferably five stars. Thanks a lot and you guys have a good one. Bye. See ya. Peace.